Welcome to Hive Mind, a podcast for beekeepers by a beekeeper. In this episode, I'll be talking about my spring clean, some custom equipment I've made, and basic tools needed to start beekeeping. Enjoy! To start things off, my spring clean was bittersweet, although I was able to clean each hive and give them a new coat of paint. It's sad cleaning out the dead bees, and a little disappointing. It was interesting seeing them frozen in their day-to-day routine, however. I was able to see the queen and her nurse bees bundled together from the winter. Foragers stuffing pollen from their baskets into the comb, as well as the various colors of pollen deposits they had collected. With the hive boxes scraped of all propolis and wax, I was able to scrape each frame clean into a basket for wax rendering. The next step was to scorch the wood. For this, you need a blowtorch turned up to a very hot blue flame. Lightly scorching the inside and landing board, making sure the corners get covered by stroking the torch in streaks along the wood, ensuring you don't stay in one spot for too long. This restricts burning. This process kills any mold, bacteria, or parasites that may have accumulated over the years, as well as refreshes the wood for the coming year. After thoroughly cleaning each hive and their respective frames, I re-nailed any weak spots in the hives, used wood putty to fill any cracks or holes, and gave each hive a fresh coat of paint. Afterwards, I cleared my new hive area of any weeds, sagebrush, and debris, I dug out pallet size holds to make a new foundation for each hive, and gathered up cinder blocks for the base. In the future, I'd like to add gravel to the area to prevent any ants or any other pests that may potentially crawl into the hive. Next up, let's talk about some equipment necessary for beekeeping most commonly used tool among beekeepers is the hive tool. It's shaped like a miniature crowbar and functions similarly. The hive tool is used to pry open the hive as well as separating the frames which get stuck together with propolis. In addition you can use the tool to scrape off excess wax and things of that nature. The second most common tool is the bee brush although I prefer not to use them. Bee brushes are usually used to brush off bees from frames or the top of the hive for inspection, but I've found that these can damage the bee's antenna, wings, and extremities. The same goes for smokers, although I prefer not to use them. Many beekeepers do. Smoking the bees essentially makes them think there's a fire within the hive. In turn, they begin to gorge themselves on honey or fly away from the hive. This stresses the bees, and I don't find this necessary to perform hive inspections. However, if you do use a smoker, be sure you use non-toxic pellets, or foliage for fuel. Dry straw and smoker pellets are your safest combination. Some beekeepers prefer to use torn burlap bags, but depending on what the sacks carried, this can be potentially harmful. Another necessary thing for a beginner beekeeper is the suit. Bee suits come in a variety of materials and have different hoods. Some come in different fashions. Do some research and find out what one will best fit you, literally. 
In addition, a good pair of boots and goatskin gloves are a great match to keep yourself stink-free. As you grow more comfortable with the bees, you can slowly start to introduce yourself to inspecting hives without the suit. I don't suggest collecting honey without the suit on until you are completely comfortable. The bees can sense if you're getting nervous, and this can make them agitated and more prone to stinging. So now you have your suit, your tools, all you need now are the hives, the frames, and the bees. Choosing what hive you want can be a perplexing question, but researching what is best for your area is the first thing to do. Some people prefer to use top bar hives, log-shaped hives on a sawhorse-like stand. The bees attach their comb to the roof of the hives, making for easy inspection. However, this can be a risk if the comb detaches itself with the weight of the honey stores. If you want a more traditional hive, you can use a skep. This is the most traditional and iconic beehive available. These hives are more for a gardener who wants a sure source of pollination, rather than a wax or honey-seeking collector, as collecting the comb from these hives is detrimental to the colony. Originally made from clay or wicker, the bottom is completely open and the bees have to create the inside structures on their own. The most common and user-friendly hive on the market is the vertical hive. Vertical hives come in many different designs, but the bare bones function is the same. A landing pad is on the bottom, a brood chamber on top of that, which houses the queen and her brood, and a top hive. These boxes housing the pollen and honey stores. A branch off this design is the flow hive. You may have seen videos of this hive floating around the internet. They seem functional, but too good to be true, with a literal tap in the side to collect honey. As a beekeeper, you shouldn't be greedy with the honey. After all, they don't make it for you. They make it for themselves. In addition, this might make a beekeeper feel more lax with hive inspections. Flow hives seem to promote the greediness of beekeeping, and I don't support that. In addition to choosing your hive, you need to figure out what kind of frames you want your bees to be working on. Although plastic frames are cheaper, they can warp with the sun, and bees don't usually like to put their comb on these frames. Wooden frames are the best because you can scorch them, and they're more natural, making the bees feel comfortable. Once you have your frames, you can decide if you want to use wire, plastic, or optionally, no insert at all. Inserts are basically in place to promote foundation building. Some people prefer not to use an insert because they can cut the honeycomb directly for packaging. This will be something you can decide later on, as many frames are sold with the foundation, plastic, or wiring built in. Lastly, you need to decide what bees you would like. As I touched on last episode, Italian and Carnolian bees are the two most popular species of bees to keep. Italian bees are more docile and resistant to hive-related diseases, however weaker in colder climates. Carnolian bees are more protective and don't produce brood as soon as Italian bees, but they are hardier in harsh conditions. Bees can be acquired in a variety of different methods. Firstly, you can visit a bee farm, or you can order them online. You can even catch your own swarm. 
The best way, in my opinion, is to get them from a bee farm, seeing as there is no risk involved and you can inspect the bees before taking them to their new home. Catching a swarm is good for you because, well, free bees. However, they could be sick, Africanized, or have no queen at all. If the bees are in a wild swarm, they left their prior hive for a reason. Usually this reason is an illness, mites, or their queen might have even died. Sometimes you get lucky and it's just from overpopulation. The most convenient way to get bees is to order them and have them delivered. However, I never order my bees. They aren't handled properly during transport and you have no way to inspect them to see if the queen is healthy and that the swarm has good numbers. I've found that ordering bees through the US postage usually ends with a lot of dead bees. Once you have your hive, tools, and bees, you can establish your hive area. I like to keep my hives elevated to prevent animals from messing with the hive entrance. Having elevated hives will also take strain off your back once the bees have established comb and the hives get heavier. I also like to have my bee yard fenced in to prevent people or animals from approaching. In some areas, people have trouble with bears. For these people, keeping your hive surrounded by an electric fence is your best bet to ensure the hives aren't damaged. In addition, I like to have a workbench where I can take entire hive portions for inspection and retrieval of comb or honey. As you become more experienced, you can figure out what will best suit your apiary as time passes. In addition to my workbench, I also have a solar wax heater that I've created. Essentially, it's a rectangular wooden box with a makeshift window screen on top. Inside the box, I have a tin tray with a half of inch of water in the bottom. To render the wax, I just place the wax cappings inside of the cheesecloth bag. In addition to my workbench, I also have a solar wax heater that I've created. Essentially, it's a rectangular wooden box with a makeshift window screen on the top. Inside the box, I have a tin tray with a half of inch of water in the bottom. To render the wax, I just place the wax cappings inside of a cheesecloth bag and set it on top of the screen. The wax melts using the sun and drips down into the tin pan. The water keeps the clean wax from sticking to the bottom and allows it to form into a block shape. I've also used an empty brood box and frame feeders to make a universal bee feeder in my apiary. All you need for this is an empty hive box, a top sheet, and two to three frame feeders. Hive toppers are plywood sheets with a hole in the top for ventilation. Beekeepers will know what I'm saying. It's kind of hard to imagine if you haven't handled one before. But these toppers keep the hives cool in the summer and warm during the winter using air insulation. But for the hive feeder, it makes a handy entrance and exit for the bees. 
Well, friends, I think that will be it for this episode. If you have any questions or comments, feel free to send me an email at plan.beee.apiary at gmail.com. Again, that's going to be plan.beee.apiary at gmail.com. You can also check out our Facebook page at Plan B Apiary in the Facebook search bar. I'm really proud at how far along this podcast has been coming. You can find us on iTunes now in the App Store. And feel free to share us with your friends if you know someone or someone in your family who's interested in beekeeping. And be sure to give us a five-star review. Spread the word. Until next time, be safe and be happy.